fans to episode number 89 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. It is Thursday night, about five minutes after the Rangers just posted a thrilling comeback victory on the road in Montreal, falling behind 2-0 in the game, scoring five unanswered goals to post a 5-2 victory behind just an outstanding third period. And I'll tell you what, guys, it's getting to the point where I don't think I really need to even really record an intro anymore because... Really, just look back at any of the previous episodes, and you can just copy and paste whatever I said about those wins and just put them in right here. You know, think about it. The Rangers don't have their A game from start to finish. Check. They have great goaltending play that kept them in the game. Check. The Rangers eventually find their game and come up clutch in some big spots. Check. Adam Fox and Ryan Lindgren just play outstanding hockey. Check. The Rangers superstars come through in a big spot when the Rangers really need them the most. Check. What else is there to say? They've kind of just been following this blueprint for the past couple of games. I mean, I know the Islanders game was a little different because they did give up a third period lead in that one. But even in that one, you know, they come back in overtime, 30 seconds into overtime, they score a goal, they get the win there. And tonight it's, you know, they didn't have it. They really just did not have it in the first two periods. There were flashes of good play, but for the most part, they really just did not have their A game. They found a way to come out in the third period and get their legs under them and start making things happen and start creating some scoring opportunities. And you saw what happened. You know, the Rangers score four goals in the third period and they go on to the 5-2 victory. They have now won five straight games, nine out of their last 10, and they are just two points out of the last wildcard spot. And keep in mind, they're trailing the Columbus Blue Jackets, who've played three more games than the Rangers have. Now, the Hurricanes are right there, too, with the Rangers, I believe, Both the Rangers and Hurricanes are two points behind the Blue Jackets, and I think maybe the Canes have played one less game than the Rangers. But bottom line, here the Rangers are again, posting another thrilling victory and creeping just a little bit closer to the edge of the playoff picture. And it's just awesome to see. It's so cool to see this team have something to play for so late in the season. And we're going to jump into the game highlights in just a minute. But first, I did want to talk about this. Uh, Brady Shea on Instagram posted a basically a farewell note to the Ranger fans. And I thought it would be nice for me to go ahead and read this here right now. Here's what Brady Shea had to say on Instagram. Been a crazy few days. Just wanted to take the time to thank the whole New York Rangers organization for an amazing five years. The relationships I made in that time will last forever. New York will always have a special spot in my heart. It was a privilege to put on a Rangers sweater every night and play in front of amazing fans at the most famous arena in the world. Thank you, everyone, from the bottom of my heart. I'm also extremely excited to join the Canes and be a part of this team and organization. Looking forward to my first storm surge. So really a nice thing from Brady Shea there. You know, clearly there's there's no hard feelings. It sounds like he understands that this is a business and the Rangers just had to make a trade that they felt like they had to make. And it's it's nothing personal. It's just a move that the Rangers felt was in their best interest and really nice for him to reach out to the fans and just say goodbye like that. And again, there have been times this season on this podcast where I've been a little bit tough on Brady Shea. And, you know, I do stand by, you know, my belief that he's someone 
that just never quite took that extra step. You know, he signed the six-year contract extension. He's only in year two of it. But for whatever reason, his game just kind of plateaued. He's just kind of been inconsistent the last couple of years. But nevertheless, this guy's been here for five years, and he's one of the elder statesman on the blue line. I mean, it sounds crazy to say that because he's only 25 years old, but Mark Stahl, the only Ranger defenseman who's been here longer than Brady Shea. And obviously this is really nice of him to reach out, say goodbye to the fans. And hey, listen, all the best to Brady Shea. Maybe he goes to Carolina and he goes on to have a heck of a career there. Again, he's under contract for another, uh, let's see, four and a half years. So it sounds like he's going to be with the Hurricanes for a while going forward. And, you know, all the best to him. Just hopefully the Rangers can take that last playoff spot and the Hurricanes uh, don't. Or or they can both get into the playoffs. How about that? Let's have the Rangers and the Hurricanes both make the playoffs. But yeah, to uh, go ahead and jump into this game here, Igor Shosturkin and Pavel Buchnevich both out. I mean, we knew Shosturkin was going to be out, but Buchnevich misses another game. Still considered day-to-day at this point. And then kind of a cool moment before the game, the uh, Lindgren brothers took a picture together on the ice. Charlie Lindgren is the backup goalie for the Canadians. Might have been fun if he played tonight because Ryan Lindgren had another assist. But, uh, yeah, always a cool moment, you know, getting the family together on the ice for a picture before the game. And, obviously, you know, both of those brothers playing in the NHL. And speaking of Ryan Lindgren, at a point in this game, I think it was in the second period, the Ranger broadcast showed a video package of some of Lindgren's most, you know, physical moments of the season And he had like a three or four game stretch there where, I mean, he had ended up bleeding in every single game that he was playing. And I think he got through this one mostly unscathed other than taking a cross check to the back from Gallagher. But yeah, for the most part, I think Ryan Lindgren got through this one unscathed, unharmed. But he had a rough go of it there for a while. And I mean, he was playing great hockey, don't get me wrong, but he was also taking a beating in all these games. So nice to see Ryan Lindgren get through a game without, you know, leaving some blood on the ice. But yeah, let's go ahead and jump into the game highlights here. The Canadians take the lead just 3-12 into the first period when Max Domi scores a goal. He gets a fortuitous bounce. He was looking to pass, or so it seemed, and the puck just deflected off the skate of Adam Fox, goes right into the net. There's nothing anybody could do on this, nothing Fox could do, nothing Georgiev can do. It happens, it's a bad bounce. But Alex Georgiev was once again fantastic in this game. He stopped 32 of 34 shots, and there was a play right after the Canadians' goal here. We're talking still less than five minutes into the action in the first period here. The Canadians have an excellent chance to go up 2-0. Byron gets a shot uh, from the doorstep, a little bit of a an angle. He was shooting a little bit from the left wing there, but he unleashes you know, a shot from you know, pretty much point-blank range, and Georgiev stretches out to his left, snags it with his glove, makes just a great save there. An absolutely huge save by Georgiev in that spot because, listen, if the Rangers go down 2 nothing, there, is the game over? No, it's not. I mean, there's still plenty of time left. There's still plenty of time to come back, but you're getting to the point there where you're really starting to dig a hole. You're allowing a team that's frankly not very good to jump out to an early lead against you. You're down 2 nothing before you can blink. Nobody wants to be in that situation. You can handle the one-goal deficit. And, you know, if the Rangers, again, if, if they give up a goal there, it's not like they're going to, you know, mail it in and, and just give up on the rest of the night. But certainly that's not the tone that you want to be set early in the game to be down 2 to nothing less than five minutes into the action. So a huge, huge save by Georgiev there. And again, one of those plays that could kind of get lost in the shuffle a little bit because so much happened in this game after this. But yeah, Georgiev, money stop right there for the Rangers. First period continues, and the Rangers, they're being outplayed, but they do get some scoring opportunities, and Carey Price came up with back-to-back saves against Philip Heedle and Chris Kreider, and then Greg McKegg, you know, he's kind of, at least by his standards, been on a little bit of a scoring terror recently. I think coming into this one, he had three goals in his last eight games, and he gets another chance here. The puck is played ahead, kind of through some uh, Canadian defensemen, and McKay basically just explodes through there, drives to the net, but the stop is made by Price once again. So Price coming up big for his team here in the early goings. 
Tatar got an opportunity for the Canadians kind of moving in kind of quickly on a little bit of a rush there, and Georgiev steered the shot aside, and the Rangers and Canadians head into the break with Montreal still leading one to nothing. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Rangers is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Ranger fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Ranger fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. We go to the second period, and Brendan Lemieux with kind of a sneaky shot early here in the second. The shot was gloved and held by Carey Price. Lemieux kind of kept skating toward the Canadian's net and, you know, kind of moved in on Price. Not that he was really going to do anything, but, you know, the Canadians took some exception to that. And before you know it, Brendan Lemieux is basically, you know, mixing up with half the Canadian's team. It's Lemieux being Lemieux, you know, we, we've all kind of just come to expect it at this point. But Lemieux was great tonight, I thought, and not just because of this extracurricular stuff. I thought he was very visible most of the time when he was on the ice. In fact, the entire fourth line, I thought, played fairly well in this game. You had Lemieux, Greg McKaig, and Julian Gauthier, and they played more, I think, than the Rangers' fourth line typically plays. All of them got close to 10 minutes. Julian Gauthier was at 9.55. Uh, Brendan Lemieux was at 13.52. He gets some time on the power play as well, so that's why he's higher than his line mates. And uh, even Greg McKay got 10.06. So the fourth line I thought looked pretty solid in this game, and I thought Brendan Lemieux was very visible when he was on the ice, made a couple of really nice passes. He's always going to mix it up with guys. And he also came up with four hits and two blocked shots. So Brendan Lemieux, once again, just doing Brendan Lemieux things and just playing a, a strong hockey game here for the Rangers tonight. The Rangers are being outplayed to this point, and there's really no two ways to say it. It's not dramatic like it was, say, in the first period against the Islanders, where the Rangers were kind of just back on their heels for that entire period, and at least until Panarin scored. But they were mostly just back on their heels against the Islanders in that one. This one, it's not really like that, but again, the Rangers just not really finding their A game. They're just not crisp. They're just not sharp. They're not creating enough scoring opportunities. And then they took a penalty for too many men, and I had flashbacks to October there with, you know, a foolish Ranger penalty. They took entirely too many, too many men penalties early in the season. But, you know, thank God that now this is kind of the exception rather than the rule. So that's always good. But And they do kill off the penalty. You know, the, the penalty kill came up big. Once again here tonight, they go three for three on the kill. The Canadians get another opportunity after the power play. Suzuki goes in on a two-on-one up the left wing. He shoots, and Georgiev just basically fights it off. And then Armia puts one off the crossbar just a few minutes later. So Georgiev, once again, the Rangers' best player on the ice up to this point, really throughout the whole night. I mean, he was money from the start of this game right up until the end. The Canadians do make it two to nothing with about three minutes left in the second period. They move through the neutral zone. Gallagher gets a pass to Tatar, and Tatar goes in alone. Gallagher really kind of sprung him into the zone there, and you just got to tip your cap on this one. Tatar just put some ridiculous moves on Alex Georgiev, and he kind of knew that he was behind the Ranger defense pretty comfortably, so he had time to kind of, you know, just basically do whatever he wanted on the doorstep there. Georgiev tried to stay with him, but eventually Tatar just moves around him, slips the puck home, 
And again, just got to tip your cap a little bit here because it was a fantastic goal by Tatar. It wasn't quite as good as Artemi Panarin in the shootout against the Wild, but same ballpark, I would say. You know, a lot of moves right there on the doorstep. And 2 to nothing Canadians, which is 2.58 to play in the second period. And then right after this, a bad giveaway by the Rangers in their own zone. And Dale Weiss gets an uncontested look at the net off the turnover. He lets it rip, but Georgiev once again fights it off. And at this point, Rangers are down 2-0, but it really could have been a lot worse. It would have been a lot worse if not for the strong play of Georgiev. Can't say enough good things about him. I mean, he's pretty much just picked up right where Shesterkin left off. And maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit to make the point, but not by much. I mean, he's he's really been just as good as Shesterkin was over that crazy stretch there that Shesterkin had. So, yeah, I mean, I love what I'm seeing from Georgiev. It's so cool to see him, you know, step back into this starting role here. Again, he was somebody who very easily could have been traded before the trade deadline. He didn't let it bother him, and he's taking advantage of a great opportunity here. He has been fantastic in these last two games, and the absolute biggest reason why the Rangers have won each of these last two games. And like we said, you know, it could have been 4 nothing. Maybe 5 nothing at this point if, if Georgiev was not on top of his game. And then huge play here for the Rangers. Adam Fox moves in up the left wing, and the defenseman is there. He's in position, and it looks like the defenseman thinks that Fox is going to try to power his way to the net, which is kind of what you would think Fox would do. But Fox instead goes behind the goal line, spins, and just kind of throws a pass in front to Philip DiGiuseppe, and DiGiuseppe scores from the doorstep with 126 to go in the second period, cutting the Canadians' lead to 2-1, to one, DiGiuseppe's first goal, and just good to see. You know, obviously, every now and then you're going to need that secondary scoring, and this is a huge, huge goal here because, like we said, the Rangers, I mean, we're at the point where we're almost 40 minutes into the game. We're 38-plus minutes into the game. Rangers have pretty much been pretty soundly outplayed, and they get a goal here. They steal a goal late in the second period, and they go into the third period just down by one goal instead of two, and just an absolutely huge play by Adam Fox here. He was absolutely fantastic in this game, and a great job by Giuseppe getting in position and finishing the opportunity. So we move to the third period, and this is where the fun really started if you're a Ranger fan, and where basically the pain and agony started if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan. So the Rangers at this point, they have been outplayed through two periods. I don't think we could really argue against that, but they steal a goal late in the second period, and I tweeted about this as well. They steal a goal late in the second period. They are trailing by one goal going into the third period. We all know how clutch the Rangers have been in the third period this season, especially lately. So basically this means we've got the Canadians exactly where we want them, right? And that ended up being far more true than I ever could have anticipated. I really thought the Rangers would come out strong in the third period and play better than they had in each of the first two, but they were absolutely fantastic here. They go on to score four goals. And between periods, you know, obviously the MSG crew, they do a great job, you know, breaking down everything that's happening in this game. But Steve Valaket said that the Rangers were sleepwalking through the first two periods. And I like Valaket, but I thought that was a little bit harsh. And again, you know, they did they have their A game? No, they clearly did not. I think sleepwalking was a little too tough, though. I mean, they had a couple of chances. Clearly, Alex Georgiev was not sleepwalking. Clearly, uh, Brennan Lemieux was not sleepwalking. Fox and Lindgren, they were not sleepwalking. So, yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was a little bit harsh, but he's not completely wrong either because it's a, it's one of these games where they have not had their A game to this point. They have not shut the puck enough. They have not created enough scoring chances, and they've taken too many penalties. I mean, just three to this point. It's not going to kill you, but certainly, you know, Three penalties through two periods, maybe at least one more than you would like to have at that point. And the too many men penalty, I mean, it, it's it's a dumb penalty anytime it happens. So obviously, they could have done a better job staying out of the box to this point. But never mind all that because the Rangers completely take control here in the third period. 
And it all starts with the Rangers kind of shaking up their line combinations a little bit here. And they start with Zibanejad, Panarin, and Fost all on the top line. I mean, I guess it was the top line. It was a line. It was either the top line or the second line. Take your pick. But, you know, if you guys have been listening to this show, you know that overall throughout the season, I've kind of been for the strategy of keeping Panarin and Zibanejad on separate lines because then you've got four other forwards who get to play with one or the other, one superstar or the other. If you have them on the same line, then only one other forward gets that benefit. But in this case, I thought it was it was warranted because the Rangers just were not creating any scoring chances. We saw Zibanejad and Panarin link up against the Islanders in overtime to win that game, so why not shake things up a little bit here? Put your best two players on the ice together, kind of stack the top line, if you will, and see if you can get something going. And that was key. A great move by Coach Quinn there. It really worked out for the Rangers. It was key in getting them back into this game. The Rangers come out in the third period here, and I swear, this probably wasn't the case, but it felt like they created more scoring opportunities in the first five minutes here than they had all night to this point. And again, that probably wasn't literally the case, but you get the idea. The Rangers clearly playing better right out of the starting box here in the third period. And unfortunately, this is where we also realize that Carey Price, you know, he was feeling it tonight too. He made some really nice saves against the Rangers to keep the Canadians in the lead momentarily. We didn't really know for sure that Price had his A game because, again, the Rangers just didn't create enough scoring opportunities in the first two periods to really test him. But he made some really tough stops against some brand names. You know, he stopped Zibanejad at least once. He stopped Panarin. And the Rangers were swarming a little bit, but for a while, they didn't have anything to show for it here in the third period. There was an instance where Adam Fox drove hard to the net here, and he gets the puck, you know, toward the doorstep there. He makes a couple of head fakes. He's trying to get Price to open up his pads. You can tell that's kind of what he's going for here, but Price, to his credit, just kind of stayed with him all the way, uh, didn't overcommit, and basically just smothered the puck, did not allow Fox to get the equalizer there. The Rangers break through. Tony D'Angelo plays the puck into the Canadian zone, and Julian Gauthier finds the puck. He leaves a little drop pass for Artemi Panarin. Panarin, it looks like he's going to shoot from the high slot, but instead he chooses to pass to his right to Mika Zibanejad. Zibanejad rips a shot into the twine, ties the game at two right there with a little bit less than nine minutes to go in the game. Really cool to see Julian Gauthier get his first point as a Ranger there. And obviously, you know, great people to do it with. You know, he's out there with Panarin and Zibanejad. I don't know that Gautier was necessarily taking shifts with those two guys late in the game. I think this might have been a case where it was kind of a partial line change, but hey, Gautier, again, picks up his first point as a Ranger, so that's always cool to see. And Zibanejad, again, one of the Rangers superstars coming through when this team really needs him the most. And the Rangers really keep the pressure on after this goal. Ryan Strome makes a nifty move. Price fights off the shot, but they keep swarming. Adam Fox from the blue line just basically throws the puck at the net, and it just goes off of Price and goes in. Price was screened in front of the net by Chris Kreider there. He is so good at that. And Kreider, you know, he's he's engaged with a battle with Cherot there of the Canadians, and the combination of both those big bodies getting in Price's way, uh, it worked out for the Rangers. Like we said, you know, Fox, it wasn't that hard of a shot. It's not like it was an absolute screamer from the blue line or anything like that, but it just got a piece of Price, goes into the net. The Rangers are up 3-2 to two with about 7.30 to play, and they are on top for good at this point. And then Brendan Gallagher takes another offensive zone penalty, basically just cross-checks Ryan Lindgren from behind. I didn't really see a reason for this. It was just kind of out of nowhere. But the refs see it, and they call the penalty, and the Rangers go onto the power play. And this is one of those power plays where you really want to make them pay because, again, a little bit of a cheap shot from Gallagher there. Again, I just don't know what brought that on. But the Rangers maintain possession on the power play on Montreal's side of the ice, and then Panarin... I mean, the guy's just a magician. What else is there to say? He stick handles. He kind of slowly moves back 
toward the boards and also a little bit deeper into the Montreal side of the ice. So he basically, it was almost like magnetism. Like every every player on the Canadians, like as if by magnetism, was drawn to that side of the ice. And that allows Panarin to pass back to the blue line to Tony D'Angelo. D'Angelo takes a shot. Ryan Strom deflects the puck out of the air into the net. 4-2 with 4.37 remaining. The Canadians pull Price with about 2.30 left. Again, they're trailing by two goals here, so they got to pull the goalie relatively early in this one. And then this is just an awesome end to the night. So Strom, is, it looks like he's trying to get a pass to Panarin. He's deep in his own zone. He's trying to pass the puck to Panarin, maybe kind of spring him going the other way. And then the Montreal defenseman, I believe it was Shea Weber, he deflects the puck, but the puck just keeps rolling down the ice, slides right into the empty net, dead center. Ryan Strom scores. And it, again, it looks like Strom was trying to pass on this play, and he ends up scoring a goal. So that was pretty cool to see. And the other cool thing about this, I didn't realize this uh, during the live broadcast, but I'm seeing it now. Alex Georgiev got the secondary assist on this play. So Georgiev picks up his first assist of the season, his third assist of his career, and why not? You know, he obviously had a, a tremendous game tonight, and he deserved it. You know, why not give him a helper right at the end there? So that, that was really cool to see, and that was that. The Rangers pick up a 5-2 to victory. The Rangers win their fifth game in a row. They have won nine out of ten. They have nine straight road wins. Man, I mean, just pick your stat. It's just been a tremendously fun stretch of hockey watching this team. They're young. They're hungry. And this team has just developed so much. It's night and day where this team was at the start of the season and where they are now. It's a team that you can tell these guys really believe in each other. Uh, David Quinn was talking about that not, not too long ago. They have a lot of trust in one another. They're playing for each other. And, you know, it's a team that has quote-unquote arrived ahead of schedule. I think we're at the point where we can say that, where this team is farther along in this rebuild than anybody thought they would be. And again, now just two points out of the playoffs. It's, again, been just so much fun to watch this and watch this team grow up before our eyes. And the Rangers going to play the Flyers on Friday night, the second game of a back-to-back. They will be on the road in Philadelphia, 7 p.m., puck drop there. I'm now seeing that the Rangers are going to go back to Alex Georgiev for the game against Philadelphia. And, you know, I understand the decision. Georgiev has been hot. He's been really just tremendous these last two games here, picking up the slack after Igor Shesterkin went down with the injury and the car accident. But I do feel for Henrik Lundqvist. You know, this this is tough because you think that, you know, maybe the the opportunity, the door kind of opens for Henrik Lundqvist, right, after the injury to Shesterkin. Obviously, you don't wish injury on anyone, and, and certainly not someone who's been playing as well as Igor Shesterkin has. But now that the Rangers are back down to two goalies, and it's Georgiev and Lundqvist, you would think, all right, well, maybe Lundqvist will get into one of these games. But nope, it looks like it's going to be Georgiev playing against the Flyers on Friday night. And the Flyers will counter with Carter Hart. The Flyers, one of those teams also that's ahead of the Rangers in the playoff standings. The Flyers currently sitting in third place in the Metropolitan Division. They have 79 points, and of course the Rangers now have 74 points, so it's not really that big of a difference. You know, the Rangers are not that far off of the Flyers' pace. Wouldn't it be something if the Rangers not only get into the playoffs, but actually aren't a wild card? You know, they end up getting into one of those top three spots in the Metropolitan Division. I think right now we'll all sign up for playoffs any way we can get it, but that would be something if the Rangers, you know, really, really start to climb the standings here and, and maybe you know, even get something of a favorable seed in the first round if they make the playoffs. And again, I don't want us to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but, you know, the possibility the door is at least open for that. But bottom line, big two points on the line in Philadelphia 
Friday night. Rangers got to get another win here. And then we'll be back with a new episode to talk about it on Saturday. So once again, guys, thank you for tuning in. If you want to get in touch with this podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.